Ladies and gentlemen, this is a special edition of The Forward Curve. Welcome once again to a special edition of The Forward Curve, in which we cover basic economic terms and concepts for both the beginner as well as the seasoned professional. Brought to you by Gold Street Advisors, the independent research and advisory firm. In this episode, we'll get into what fiscal and monetary policies are and their role in day-to-day economics, as well as in government economic stimulus programs like those enacted in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm Christian Klavodecher, and joining me is Gold Street Advisors CEO, Lachlan Tulin. If you haven't already, we encourage you to subscribe to The Forward Curve for more informative episodes like this one, as well as our regular weekly editions, which cover the big topics of the day affecting the global economy. And now, on with the show. Okay, Lachlan, when people talk about economic stimulus, they hear two terms thrown about, monetary policy and fiscal policy. Two things that are not specific to stimulus plans, but are basic terms describing how a government works to influence the economy. Can you explain what monetary and fiscal policies are? Thanks, Christian. Monetary policy is a policy adopted by the central bank, the Federal Reserve in the United States or the ECB in Europe. This policy is to control either the interest rate on very short-term borrowing, borrowing by banks from each other to meet their short-term needs, or the money supply or credit. This is used often as an attempt to impact inflation or to adjust the interest rate to ensure price stability and to ensure the stability of the nation's currency. This can be seen in many examples all over the world, especially in the developing world. Fiscal policy is basically covers taxing and spending by the government, which is determined by both the President and the Congress here in the United States. In the event of an economic crisis, fiscal policy can change and stimulus measures are sometimes taken which was the case back in the 2008-2009 financial crisis, and also something that we're currently seeing during the coronavirus effects on the economy. These stimulus measures typically mean deficit spending, which means increasing the national debt. Are there limits to how these policies can shape the economy? Yes. If fiscal policy leads to too much spending or monetary policy keeps rates too long for too low, then inflation can result. This did not happen during the last financial crisis as China was producing large quantities of goods cheaper than before, and so productivity globally rose. Also, much of the monetary policy back then was aimed at supporting the banking sector and little leaked out into the main street. In the past crisis, it was the financial crisis that became an economic crisis. This time, we're looking at a health crisis, which is becoming an economic crisis. The limit on fiscal policy is that the more money is borrowed to finance the spending, interest rates may increase and cost more tax revenue to pay back, which is an extreme case can lead to the fault. In theory, good fiscal policy can have a multiplier effect, which would expand the economy and partially or even completely balance out the spending. This really comes down to a couple of different issues depending on how governments use their fiscal policy, but it is possible to have a good result from that. Interesting. Okay, so do the central banks and the governments act together? There's always a link, but they tend to be independent. Uh, But during times of extreme stress, for example, during the 2008-2009 financial crisis, then the Federal Reserve did work with the Treasury Department for the sake of the national interest. Gotcha. And so when a government and its central bank employ both fiscal and monetary stimuli, what does the desired result look like? 
Fiscal policy that incorporates increased spending in an economic crisis should increase the size of the economy, and the growth will reduce the size of the debt relative to the overall economy. This is when the economy grows faster than the debt. However, this may take several months or years before it impacts after the fiscal policy has begun. But again, there's a limit as excess spending may not increase the size of the economy and repayment of the debt can become an issue. Monetary policy is generally more neutral as it uses quantitative easing, as Robin discussed a couple of episodes ago, in which the central bank pumps money into the banking system by purchasing huge quantities of short-term debt. It's usually more limited, and once the economy stabilizes, then slowly this quantitative easing can be taken out. But a lot of the quantitative easing from the last crisis was still in place when the crisis started now, and new measures are being added to this stockpile. Just to actually re-emphasize what quantitative easing is, that is where the central bank will go out into the market and purchase bonds from the banks. This means the bonds transfer to the Federal Reserve and the banks have more cash. When the banks have more cash, they're able to make more loans and that extends credit. And the money that's paid to buy those bonds is essentially created by the Federal Reserve. Gotcha. Excellent. So the big question, Lachlan, is do these policy actions work to restore the economy? It's depending on the circumstances. They do work in many uh, countries, but sometimes they've gotten into trouble as they've been misapplied or things get worse beyond what was initially planned for. There's a couple examples of these around the world, for example, Argentina and Venezuela, where government deficits have increased enormously due to stimulus spending. Uh, this has increased the national debt, and often these countries face defaults where they are unable to pay their national debt back, and then this results in enormous recessions for these countries. There's other example, Japan, where after the financial crisis Japan had back in the late 80s, early 90s, the country has increased stimulus measures. It's been unable to increase inflation by a substantial amount. And so the national debt has increased. They have taken a lot of policy actions, for example, building a high-speed rail network, building lots of infrastructure to increase the economy. And while these actions do have some benefit, the national debt has increased now to enormous levels. And that is something that Japan will have to reckon with in the future. All right. Thank you, Lachlan. I think it's important that we review these things to help people develop a better understanding of how the economy works. Economics may be called the dismal science by those in the know, but for too many, it's all a bizarre mystery hidden behind a wall of strange language. It's our goal with these special editions of The Forward Curve to demystify basic economics, and we hope today's episode did at least a small part in achieving that goal. We intend to do many, many more of these explainer episodes in the future, so please stay tuned. And now the time has come for us to close out this edition of The Forward Curve. I'd like to thank Lachlan for joining me today, and of course I want to thank you for joining us. Please be sure to subscribe to The Forward Curve on your favorite podcast platform, and join us again next week for more discussions of basic economics, as well as perspectives on the world's commodity markets, which play a major role in the global economy. I'm Christian Klavodecher, and on behalf of the Gold Street Advisors team, I thank you for listening. And remember to always keep an eye and ear on the forward curve.